0: Welcome to Women in Venture Capital. I'm Rushvina, a student at Harvard Business School with prior
1: experience in finance, and more recently, venture capital in Africa. And I'm Anvita, Harvard Business School class of '22. I've actively worked in VC and tech startup space. Our mission at Women in Venture Capital is simple. Increase the representation of women in the VC industry through awareness and engagement. So join us as we engage with women establishing their presence in VC.
0: Our guest today is Sonia Howell-Perkins. Sonia is the founder of Broadway Angels, an angel investment group made up of world-class investors and business execs who are all women. She's also the founder of Project Glimmer, a national nonprofit organization that inspires every girl to envision and realize her empowered future. Sonia has 30 years of experience investing in people and companies. She began her career in VC in early 1989 when she joined TA Associates as an investment analyst. She then joined Symantec in BizDev and joined Menlo Ventures in 1994. At the age of 29, she became the youngest GP in the firm's history. Sonia has won the Menlo Ventures Investor of the Year award six times, and she holds an MBA from the Harvard Business School. Sonia, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show today. I was excited to see you in the classroom last semester and even more excited that you could join us today. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So like I said in the intro, there is no doubt that you've had a long and successful career in venture capital so far. Can you tell us more about the decision to become an investor in the first place?
2: Well, I was really lucky because I had a professor at the University of Virginia that actually taught an entrepreneurship class. And that was, I graduated at UVA in 1988. And I was really intrigued by the whole concept of entrepreneurship. And I also was very intrigued by the whole business instead of parts of business. And so I went to the McIntyre School of Commerce undergrad at UVA. And they had marketing and finance and, you know, all these different majors. And I wanted to have a job that looked at everything. And so I decided that um, the two jobs that would be great for me were uh, venture capital and also um, consulting, believe it or not, which I don't know if I would have made that same choice today. And I was really lucky because when I was at UVA, um, it was really the advent of the PC. and believe it or not, we didn't have computers in college. And you went to the computer lab to get your your homework done. And so I worked as a lab assistant. I taught Lotus to business professionals, and I was even a programmer um, for the Department of Neurosurgery because those were the good jobs. You got paid $8 an hour instead of $4 an hour. And so when I graduated from college, I actually had a lot of PC experience compared to most people. And TA Associates was looking for an analyst, an investment analyst, to literally call every software company in the United States um, who knew something about PC software. So my timing was really great because I brought something that was unique to the table, um, not Too many people had that experience. There wasn't computer science engineers, or at least that wasn't very popular. And so um, I just got very lucky that I got a job, that I got to look at the whole company, talk to entrepreneurs who are the most passionate people on earth, and, um, you know, use my PC experience to find some really good deals at TA Associates.
1: That's really cool to hear. Um, of this vast experience that you've had, curious to know what are some of, what have been some of your biggest learnings and surprises from the startups and the VC community that you've invested in over sixty deals, um, including some breakout successes such as the Real Real Q One Labs,
2: right, and F Five and Acme Packet and One Twenty Eight, and I've, I've been very lucky, um, McAfee Associates. Um, so I guess you know the 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 real learning. And when you become a venture capitalist, it's, it's kind of, you develop a decoder ring. So you talk to a lot of companies, you meet a lot of companies, you, you ask about their business models. And, um, and what I have found out is that when a company is breaking out, like when it's really starting to grow, it's, it's really going to be a winner. And those are the times where you just do everything possible to get into the deal and um and put in as much money as you can and mcafee associates was very much like that so was f5 and you know these were companies that you know had you know maybe not the most polished management teams but were growing really rapidly and and that really means that when you have a great market um and you're the leader in the market those are the absolute best companies and then on the opposite side when things go bad like the sales aren't working or the management team isn't getting along, or you know who knows what else. They usually stay bad. Like you know, it's really hard to fix a broken company, and so I think a lot of people have a lot of ego related to their portfolio companies. And you know, it's really a good time to to try to sell a company or 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 do something when when you when you get the signs. Um, you know. So the other thing I really learned, which It's really funny for me because my background, I don't have a technology degree. And I think a lot of people think that to be a great venture capitalist, you have to have a technology degree. And I actually think that's, that's actually not true. And I think to be a great venture capitalist, you have to be really good at research and you have to be a good, um, you have to have a great curiosity and you have to really like exploring and digging deep and, you know, calling all kinds of people, asking all kinds of questions. Um, as, as you know, there's been a lot of great famous venture capitalists who came out of the press. They were reporters, believe it or not. Um, and so it's not about, like a great deal is not about the unique technology. It's really about the problems that the technology is solving. And I think a lot of VCs can get a little turned upside down when they think, wow, this is this amazing technology. It's it's gotta be good. But then if they don't solve a real problem, then um, you know, then it's not gonna work ever because you don't have a market.
0: That is so true. Um, and I love the point on portfolio management. I think there have been waves of that, obviously, in the last couple of months and, you know, post the huge bump in investing itself, there's been much more fo- shift of focus towards portfolio management and, you know, supporting your startups or like you said, like knowing when it's time to maybe sell. So um, it's been a really interesting couple of years, I would say. Um, shifting gears a little bit, you have been very invested in creating opportunities for women with Broadway Angels and Project Glimmer. When and how did
2: Broadway Angels come about and what is the group's vision? Yeah, so I I believe in investing in people and companies that matter. So especially for companies um if the company went away would anyone miss it, right? And so it, and does it really solve a real problem? Um but for Broadway Angels, I started it because when I was a partner at Menlo Ventures, I looked around and there were very few women in venture. And we all knew each other or knew of each other. Uh, we would get together. We would have maybe dinner or something like that. Um, but we didn't do much else. We didn't have uh, enough purpose to, to, in order to get together. And we're all very busy. We, most of us had children, you know, just very, very, very um, busy career and a busy time. And so what Broadway Angels uh does is it brings together the top women in venture and also the top women in technology and we share deals and due diligence. And so we're all very active investors. Some of us invest out of specific funds while others invest personally. And it's just a a really good way to um, invest. And then the other thing is, you know the the venture industry as you probably know it's very very well known as is, is 98% male and <clears throat> there's not that much of a woman's point of view in technology although um, technology is consumed by you know 50% women and i think there's a i think there's a real issue in the venture industry because things that might be beneficial for society or for women or for children um, are not getting funded because they are not looking at the lens. And so I wanted to bring attention uh, to the positive aspects of women investing and women investing together um, and, um, and also wanted to create a very strong network. And, you know, we've we've heard of the old boys networks our whole careers. And, you know, in the olden days, even at Harvard Business School, it was an old boys networks. And now, obviously, Harvard's a lot more diverse. Um, <clears throat> so women needed a network. And so we are now a group of 70 plus women and we um, invest together and we show each other the very best deals. And the way that we do that is we only allow people to bring a deal to the group that someone has already invested an investor in, or um, is seriously considering it. So it's not like, oh, let's just see what the group thinks about this, because we're really trying to invest in, in the best companies, because we know, as I always say, the world is watching. And, you know, we, we really almost have to be successful in our efforts, because, you know, we're very high profile.
1: That's amazing. And your actions have been speaking for what you believe in and stand for, and you already started touching upon this. Would love to hear more about you know, the same on the same note, um, your experience with gender dynamics overall in the VC ecosystem. And you've been around for over 30 years and you've potentially been the only woman in room many times. Um, So all of these put together, curious on how you navigated being probably the only woman in so many rooms. And then what do you think can be done to continue improving on this?
2: Well, it's interesting. So when I first joined TA Associates, that was in January 1989. And I was so excited. I thought I had the best job of anybody that graduated from UVA my year. I was just couldn't believe that I got to call entrepreneurs all day long and ask them about their businesses. Um, and then I think in week week two or three, I realized that I was the only woman that worked in the Boston office. There was another woman who was in Pittsburgh, but she she worked from, from Pittsburgh. And um, I thought, oh, my gosh, they must have hired me because I was a woman. And I walked around depressed for a few days. And then I realized I just had to snap out of it. Like I could not be a functional person in my career. If I was worried, you know, I was so unique, and I was going to be discriminated against. So I just I snapped out of it. And for the longest time, I didn't look for discrimination, because it kind of I knew I'd find it. And I and I also when people ask me this question, like in the olden days, I would say, you know, it's a people business. Um, It's about investing in people. It's not gender. It's about people. I would say that my um, view has dramatically changed. Um, in the least, last 15 years um, because it because it is only 2% women. And the percentage of women in the venture industry, actually it's, it's greater, 2% of our entrepreneurs that get funded. And I think they claim it's about 10% women in the venture industry, although it's unclear who are the real decision makers and nobody ever measures the carry and how much people get paid. And so I'm sure it's very, very biased uh, towards men. Um, and so I realized that especially with the advent of the iPhone, that you know the kinds of companies that were getting funded were kinds of companies that were doing things like addicting children or encouraging gambling or payday loans or things that really were not beneficial to society and i felt that if there were more women in the venture industry, um, some of those companies wouldn't get funded. And I think we'd be better off. I mean, we as a country, um, I know that Harvard Business School teaches the comparative advantage of nations, right? You know, we are basically taking all of the school children in our country and we're teaching them to be, you know, game players and, you know, put, put, put stuff on social media so the girls will feel bad about themselves. And 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 we're not encouraging the next generation to be cybersecurity experts and, you know, doing all the things that we need to do to compete against Russia, to compete against China. I mean, I think these are really, really big global issues. And part of that is um, because we don't have enough women in venture. And so Years ago, I was at the SHE conference in Oslo. I was a keynote speaker, and I really gave a big speech about why the venture capital industry is broken. It's because of this one gender lens and not enough women. And so I'm hopeful that I will inspire people like you to get into the venture industry um, and encourage other firms. I think some firms are trying, like all the big funds, at least have one woman. But I think you need to have half half women, not just one. Um for, for the venture industry to be really even more profitable and more productive. Um, so it is a problem. Yeah. And that's why we started Broadway Angels again. And that's why we started, or I started Project Glimmer because, you know, I realized that this, these self-esteem issues and the issues of leadership don't start when you guys are graduating from Harvard Business School. They start when you're a young girl and you're receiving messages of, of your value. And, you know, we want, all of the girls in our communities to feel valued. And so at Project Glimmer, we we do so so much programming to help them know that we care about them. We do empowerment academies. We do empower hours. We do empower days of empowerment. We have a gifts and goods program. And we really want all of these girls to believe in themselves so that they will, you know, become great leaders one day or at least achieve their highest potential, whatever that might be.
0: This is really interesting, and I couldn't agree more with, um, I think we've talked about imposter syndrome a lot on this podcast, Um, and, you know, even when you were mentioning your really successful deals, um, one of the first things you said was, I was really lucky, and luck has something to play with it to do with that, but women are more likely to say that luck has something to do with it than men are, you know, when you you talk about accomplishments. That's something I noted um, a lot while having conversations with the, the VC and founder community.
2: Well, I will say something though about luck. So I, I don't think I have imposter syndrome. I believe that I have a, I belong at my chair and belong at the table. But the problem I think of a lot of the venture industry is they think that they are the smartest people on earth, and, and they think that you know because of their brilliance, you know they they're able to fund these great companies. But the the, the reality is a lot of us started investing when the PC became a business tool. Then we started investing when the internet came and now we're investing when AI is out. Um, it's actually working. And th- this really important timing. And, you know, if you went back, you know, a hundred years ago, maybe if you were Henry Ford or something, you could make a lot of money in, in an industry, but we, we got into this industry at a time when it was rapidly growing and highly profitable. And this was a, Incredibly big and new market with an incredibly great business model. I mean, you think about software; it has almost 100% gross margins, and even hardware has 90% gross margins, right? So it's unbelievable. Um, the timing, right? So, so I, I, I don't think luck is my imposter syndrome. It's just I'm just grateful to have been born the year that I was born and graduated from Harvard Business School, which uh, really did matter in my career. Like having a degree from Harvard Business School made such a difference because people immediately put you in the bucket of a smart person, especially if you're a woman. Well, boy, it must have been hard to get in there, especially when I was there, it was like 21% were women. So, you know, that really made a difference in my career.
0: For sure. I mean, I think for us, when we started this podcast, I think one of the reasons we did start it and it gained any kind of traction is because we were in this community of women in their industry, but also women and men who wanted to help create this database of conversation. So um, we feel very privileged to be part of this community for sure. Um... Amazing, Sonia. this has been a great conversation. We always ask the same last question to our guests, but and you you touched on it a little bit. um but
2: what advice do you have for aspiring female investors? Well, I mean, one is believe in yourself, right you you have to believe in yourself um and 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 know that you belong there and know that your perspective is very valuable, Um, incredibly valuable, especially with only, you know, I was the only woman at my firm and I added a lot to the thinking because I just thought differently. Um, I would also say, don't give up. Like as, as we were talking about before the podcast, it's, it doesn't the venture capital industry hiring process is not, um, it, it doesn't go with the traditional, you know, big firm accounting, kind of process of hiring so so you just have to be patient and don't give up um, and then also bring something new to the table like you can't just say I want to be a venture capitalist but you don't have a unique spend on technology and you know a few years ago it was being the the person who knew about social media and then it turned out to be the person who knew about crypto and I think today it's the person who knows about AI and you know, they really become expert. And so if you can't get a job in venture, like immediately work for one of these firms um, that like chat GPT, you know, work for them and figure out like, you know, how how do you how do you do that? Because um, I think that will be really, really valued. And then, you know, I would just also just remember um it's all about people, right? it's about the relationships that you create. It's about the relationships you create with each other in your class. It's about the relationships you create um, with the people you work with and the people you fund. And um, just just remember, like, sometimes when things go really wrong, I always tell people in business, I'm like, it's just business. It's not, It's not your family. It's not your health. It's just business. And try to kind of keep it in perspective. And I think that everyone who's graduating from Harvard Business School has a great advantage. And so, you know, you're going to be okay, I promise. (laughs) Even though if it doesn't always seem that way.
0: Thank you. I needed to hear it. Um, Yeah. Sonia, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I really enjoyed our conversation, and I'm sure our listeners will as well.
2: Well, thank you so much. It was quite an honor to be here today. And I wish everyone listening as well as as you two, um, just great success in your careers and please keep in touch.